Let's do Fatal Error. I'm happy with Fatal Error. You're happy? You're sure? Yeah. Okay. I'm sure. All right. That's, that's what it is. I hope this is the beginning of the episode. Okay. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Fatal Error. I'm Chris Zombeck. And I'm Sarush Kanlu. So today we wanted to go over the subject of coordinators for controlling flow throughout the view controllers in your application. This is something that uh, I know Sarush has written about, so I'll uh, throw it over to you here. Cool. Yeah. The coordinator is such a mysterious topic. No, it's not that <laughs> mysterious. It's I feel like I feel like backstory is relevant here. I, I was uh, I was diving into like writing this app, and I found that every time I was like pushing onto a navigation controller from inside of a view controller, that I was doing something wrong. Like something just wasn't sitting right. And and I actually tried like quite a few things and tried quite a few names to try to like kind of figure out like what am I trying to do here and how can I make it better. I wor- I've had like workflow objects and I had there was some other type of object too it was, oh a process object and the idea was that like okay let's say you're in an app that has like a sign up flow uh, I don't know why I didn't think of the name flow I mean wor- flow is in workflow but uh, you have a sign up flow and like let's say you need to collect a email address and then you need to check if that email address exists if it does you know they continue with the sign up flow if it or if it doesn't you continue with the sign up flow and if it does then you can go to like a password entry screen and then that will like sort of complete the flow and uh, it took me a little bit of time to like kind of get some of the pieces in place and i wrote a blog post in january of 2015 and it was just called the coordinator and it was sort of about how if you take your view controllers and you make them no longer dependent on each other, sort of the graph of your app is a lot simpler. And the funny thing is when I wrote this blog post, I hadn't actually implemented this anywhere. So that is like, <laughs> that is like a deep, dark secret of, the, uh, of this blog. I hadn't actually implemented this anywhere. Um, but eventually I did and I took the lessons that I learned from that and I turned it into a talk that I gave at NS Spain in 2015. So that was like around, I think, September or October. And then I turned that talk into a blog post, which is one of the longest blog posts on my site. It's about 3,000 words. Um, yeah, it's like really, really in-depth of like, what exact problems does it solve and how does it solve them and how do you use this thing? So I was just going to ask you about that. You mentioned that while you're pushing view controllers from other view controllers, it wasn't sitting right with you. Uh, why was that? What what kind of problems do these uh, coordinators solve? There's a, there's a few problems that they solve. Number one is, and it's I don't know, it's kind of a cutesy joke, but if you have your let's say you have like a line of code in you know uh, table view did select row at index path, so somebody taps on a table view cell mm-hmm. and you need to execute some code. So usually what you do is you grab the object at that index path and then you create a new view controller and then you like grab the navigation controller who's technically your parent and you tell it okay push this view controller on and it should be animated and that like specificity of saying like almost the arrogance of the of the view controller saying i know exactly what you need to do next and i'm going to tell you what to do flies in the face of a lot of the other type of work that i was trying to do and i feel like i'm personifying these view controllers a little bit but like <laughs> that's almost what i felt like it's like you're grabbing your parent and you're telling your parent what to do and the joke i made during the talk was that you in real life children should never tell their parents what to do and then in programming children maybe shouldn't even know who their parents are 
And so basically what that means is that you have a delegate and you don't know who your delegate is and it's a weak property. So it could just, you know, you could just disappear at any point. And you tell that delegate, hey, somebody tapped on this cell. And then your delegate's responsibility is to figure out, okay, what do I do with this data? Am I in an iPad context? Am I in an iPhone context? Is the user being A-B tested? Is, uh, does like, do I need to send up a network request before I actually show this, this next thing? Should it be a modal presentation or a push presentation? And all these things are like important decisions that you have now sort of taken out of the uh, view controller and you've put in this other place. And you've done that because uh, the sort of way that you described uh, that you previously did things, you have view controllers which know how they're presented or which check how they're presented, which check which presentation idiom they're presented in, and uh, know who their parents are and know how to push other view controllers. And if that's not bad enough, I mean, let's uh, we, we can stack up here the violations of single responsibility <laughs> principle, uh, um, uh, law of Demeter, uh, if that's not enough, then they also know about other view controllers, how to construct them, how to build them, what data they need, uh, what dependencies that what dependencies they need, and how to create them and push them. So that's kind of a lot of stuff on top yeah. of whatever your view controller is already doing. The dependency thing is actually something I didn't really appreciate when I first like started working with these because if you think about it, if you have a chain of view controllers that's you know four view controller as long as one pushes the next for you know four deep if you have to pass anything to that fourth view controller you have to pass it through every view controller before that as well mm -hmm. whereas i feel like we haven't actually explained what the coordinator is uh whereas with the coordinator it's uh basically goes back up to its parent each time and the parent can decide like which dependencies does this particular view controller need so, so the let's go yeah, ahead sorry. and describe what what a coordinator is and then we'll get into how they help with dependency injection yeah, so a coordinator is basically, I find it's easiest to start at the root, uh, which is the app coordinator, which is basically, you need a place to put the code for setting up your view controllers. And perhaps you do that in uh, Interface Builder, perhaps you do that in like a subclass of UI tab bar controller, or perhaps you do that in your app delegate. But like if you're doing an Interface Builder, that's its own solution. But if you're doing it in either of those other ways, you are uh, trapping yourself and you're putting that code in sort of the wrong place. And so this app coordinator, its job is to just set up the root view controller and like kick off whatever processes are next, whether that's like, hey, like I really need the user to log in. And it knows about whether or not the user's logged in and starts presenting, let's say, the authentication coordinator. And each of these coordinators, their job is basically create a view controller present that view controller in whatever context it needs to be presented and become that view controller's delegate so that when an action, a user action is fired on that view controller, that message bubbles back up to the coordinator and the coordinator says, okay, now that this has happened, I know the next thing I need to do is push on this next view controller. And so instead of your state, instead of your flow for let's say signing the user up, um, being in four different objects where like the first one only knows how to present the second one, which only knows how to present the third one, which only knows how to present the fourth one, you have one object sort of at the top that knows how to present all four of them. And those four individual view controllers can just focus on presenting their data and like handling the user input and validating and whatever, mm -hmm. whatever other stuff. So to just to sort of recap, so this is a, an, this is an object that sits maybe 
underneath the application delegate level but above any of view controllers and is responsible for creating uh, and displaying uh, all the view controllers in the app. Yeah, pretty much. I would even make it like a like a property on the app delegate. Like I feel like that's where it belongs. It is. It's so just they, your application delegate object owns this sort of uh, root exactly. application coordinator. Yeah. That and then sense. this root application coordinator owns its navigation controller, or tab bar controller, which then own their child view controllers. And so you have a very very clear tree, rather than sort of a linked list of, of view controllers that extends out to. Infinity. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I was working on um, the app I was working on at the time. It had this whole login flow, and I needed to bring it to an extension. And I wanted to pull in the like login view controllers that we had because they looked right, like they were the right thing. But then when I did that, it also pulled in the API, and then because that was a dependency of the view controller, mm -hmm. and it also pulled in like half of the other view controllers in the app, which didn't need to be in the. Um, they didn't need to be in the in the like app extension. This was like a Safari action extension. They didn't need to be in the app extension, but they had to be dragged along because of these like explicit import statements and like the usage of those classes in these other classes. And I was like, well, this is like clearly not going to work. Like, why does this? Why does using this login view controller imply that I also need all this other stuff? And like, how can I isolate this login view controller and make it sort of stand on its own? Right. Yeah. Cool. So hopefully our listeners now, uh, if they weren't familiar with the with this concept before, know what a coordinator does, at least at a really high level. Uh, just a way to sort of remove all this view controller creating and pushing and dependency injecting logic out of your other view controllers. And uh, I, I want to come back and revisit something that, that you've been getting to a little bit, which is the... Um, the implications for dependency injection that using a, using a coordinator has. Yeah, so the coordinators, like, I feel comfortable letting them touch a lot of stuff because they're so simple and they're so focused on, like, what is the business logic of the flow? Like, what information do we need from the user before we can continue past this step? They, like, get to know that. And because of that, I feel comfortable giving them these, like, high-level things of like, okay, this is the object that you use to write to disk. This is the object that you use to hit the network. And that, those components, I ideally want to be able to inject into the view controller because that way the view controller doesn't create them on their own when if we want to do screenshot testing, which may be a topic of a future podcast. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to do screenshot testing, you can inject those view controllers, uh, inject those objects into those view controllers. And you prevent your root view controller from having to know so much about every view controller that presents like what other dependencies they will need down the road. I don't know if this is just the projects that I've worked on. I assume that it's not, but the root view controller in almost every app I've worked on has been far and away the biggest view controller in terms of number of lines. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's not great. So like being able to, take that root view controller and say, you know what? You're not a special view controller. You are just another view controller. And all you get to do is you get this data and you present it and you let me worry about the rest, me being the coordinator in this case. Sure. That, uh, that makes a lot of sense. So have you had a chance to work with coordinators yet? So in the app that, we're, that we started a few months ago at work, we actually have decided to use coordinators from the ground up. And so, uh, yes, I have. Uh, I haven't actually shipped anything with them yet, but, but I fully plan to. Have you all written code with it? We have, yeah. 
we, we have written uh, actually not one, but two coordinators in this application now. So we have our uh, sort of root application coordinator, which handles uh, the sort of first level of navigation in the app and the sort of primary functions of the app. And then uh, for something like uh, the settings uh, sort of uh, view or the settings flow that we've started to implement, that uh, is its own sort of child flow controller or a flow coordinator. We, we're calling them flow controllers in our app, but it's the same thing. So, yeah, it makes sense. So uh, when, some, when the user taps the settings screen or taps a button that uh, asks for the settings screen, uh, we call up to the root flow coordinator and say, hey, the user tapped the settings button. Uh, and the root flow coordinator goes ahead and presents this child uh, settings flow coordinator in a way that makes sense depending on the user interface idiom. Whether and, that's like iPad or iPhone. Exactly, exactly. Right. Uh, and then uh, that provides a nice way to sort of, to segment that, uh, uh, that, that, that one sort of self-contained user flow out into its own, uh, its own object, right? Because in a complex app, you wouldn't want to have one flow coordinator responsible for absolutely everything. Uh, right. That would be a pretty big object. So if you for can sure. find ways, uh, like I, I think you mentioned a, a purchase or a, a login flow, we, we, we have the same idea. We will have a, a login and account creation flow coordinator as well. So, so that's a really powerful idea too, in much the same way that you can now break up uh, storyboards um, and have storyboard references. Uh, you can do the same thing with these flow coordination objects. You can create as many as you want and uh, define how they, how they interact in, in different cases. And we've also found this uh, subject I keep coming back to, to be a very, very nice way to manage dependencies because this means that each uh, each view controller gets only the dependencies that it needs. It's not aware that there's anything else in the world. And what kind of dependencies are we talking about here? Like is API client, for example, a type of object that would be a dependency here? Uh, through, yes, uh, but through, through one or two layers of abstraction uh, nice. that are more application-specific concerns. Well, right, because you may have an API client, uh, but really what the application cares about is uh, give me this article, uh, give me this list of articles for this screen. And you can imagine there's probably some uh, some caching, maybe some offline support uh, that sits in between the network API clients and the user interface there. That but, makes sense. So these, what the 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 dependency that gets injected might be something like a um, article provider uh, or a protocol that provides an article, uh, th things like that. Gotcha. And that abstracts away all of the caching and the networking and all that the stuff. The caching, the networking, the model parsing. Uh, right, exactly. That makes sense. Um, you touched on storyboards. Are y'all using storyboards in this app? We actually are not, no. Yeah, I have... My feel on it was always that storyboards or that coordinators replace storyboards, that the idea is because a storyboard is basically a giant global thing. Like if you want to access the storyboard, you can access mm -hmm. it by name from anywhere in the app that you want. You have to put almost all of your flow inside of this, um, inside of this one storyboard. And you kind of get to do like a little bit of breaking up now that you have storyboard references, but um, it's, it's a lot more global and a lot more, I feel like a lot of the conditional stuff that you can do with with coordinators, you can't do with storyboards. So you want to say like, okay, mm -hmm. in this context, do this in that context, do this other thing. But someone emailed me 
and I have a blog post here, and I'll put it in the show notes. And it's from it's from this April, and he wrote about how to combine storyboards and coordinators. Interesting. Yeah, it's, it's very weird. I just want to point people to it because it's super interesting. It's there's some swizzling involved. There's some intense stuff going on. Oh boy. Uh, yeah. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend this for. Uh, for sort of production use, I believe is the correct phrase. Uh, <laughs> but I would maybe say if you want to like think about an alternate way of structuring this stuff together, that this article might be a place to like take a look at like what someone else tried to do and, and how that works and, and what its benefits and drawbacks are. He, I think it's a he, also wrote a blog post like a couple of days later that was about, okay, I did make this thing but also here are the downsides. And he also like lists them out, which I think is also really nice. So uh, we'll link to both of those in the show notes and you can take a look and uh, see what you think about combining those two things. So one other thing that I don't think you mentioned, but that is one of my problems with storyboards, particularly with Swift, is again, injecting dependencies into these view controllers. Uh, if you have a non-optional dependency that you want to give to a view controller, uh, and you're using a storyboard, so you can't pass it the dependency into the view controller's initializer. So the options you're left with are to have an optional property or to have an implicitly unwrapped optional property. Well, it's even worse than that, right? Because you can't actually get a handle. Like, let's say you're in your app delegate and you create your depend, uh, you create your dependency that you're going to want to inject. You ca- can you actually get a hold of the view controller that gets created by the storyboard? Uh. In the, you mean of a root view controller in the application delegate? Yeah, so there's a root view controller you, that gets set up. You you can. I forget exactly what the syntax is. There is a way to, like, to get uh, to manually instantiate the first storyboard, the first view controller from that storyboard, uh, gotcha. rather so than you using can't the automatic machinery. Of, right. So so that's one other problem that I personally have with storyboards. Which, which I know is a contentious issue in our community. For sure. Uh, but but that the coordinator approach solves quite nicely, yeah. in my opinion. And, and I think the storyboard thing like kind of pushes you in the direction of like, oh, just just use a singleton. It'll be fine. Just just use a singleton. It'll be fine. Well, and... use a singleton or... So the counter argument to, uh, to what I'm saying would be use an implicitly unwrapped optional. If you really need a dependency and it's not there, what are you going to do anyway? And yeah. there's... I mean, that's a valid argument as well. Um, it, it comes down to sort of w- whether you think it is a, a failure you can handle right. gracefully, at least in production, and, you know, throw yeah. an assertion in debug mode. But I just I just like having my SwiftLint rules in place and not having to remember which, which times the implicitly unwrapped optional is okay and which time it's not okay. Sure. As, yeah. <laughs> this is our approach in this code base is generally no exclamation points. Yeah, that's... <laughs> Trying to get there with the, with the project I'm currently working on, uh, but we will get there slowly, one by one, removing the exclamation points. Yeah. So there's actually uh, one or two more things that I want to bring up. One is like a non-obvious usage note with coordinators, which is that I actually, and this might make you a little bit uncomfortable, Chris, but I actually have my coordinators do two <laughs> things, not just one. So they do control the flow, but they also decide when to mutate the model. And the, mu- the mutation of the model is dependent on whatever app you're in. That might mean writing to the database. That might mean writing to the API. It might mean a lot of different things. Hmm. Um, 
But the reason that I have it do that is so that the view controllers don't know like you can abstract it behind a dependency and that's good but sometimes let's say the user um hits like it's some kind of uh twitter app or something it's a very very contrived twitter app where you hit post but you haven't logged in yet and so when you hit post the app is actually going to need you to log in and so where normally it would just write to that API or write to the thing on disk or whatever, do the mutation, in some special cases, it needs to do some additional information gathering. Maybe if you're about to delete something, it needs to ask you with like an alert controller, like, hey, are you sure you want to do this? And in those cases, because the lines between mutation and flow control are so blurry, I actually take all that mutation and pull it up one level into the coordinator. Hmm. Yeah. And I detail some of those reasons in the blog post. Um, but you can kind of see like, okay, if I want to change this flow and like, you know, if I want to add one of these features, such as like another, con another controller that asks you if you want to really delete the post or if, you know, you need to log in before you can post something, you need to be able to answer those questions with all of the data in place. And so you can't necessarily do that from the view controller. You could kind of contrive some situation where you would pass it some object that it would tell in the case you're not logged in and some object that it wouldn't. But I feel like just take all of that out of the view controller, treat it almost as a dumb view where all it does is bind the view to the model and pass those user input events up to the coordinator and let the coordinator handle deciding what to do with that user input. So this sounds a little bit like we're getting onto the subject of uh, what I would call view models. Ooh. Rather than mashing them. This Is that a future podcast topic? I think this is a future podcast topic. <laughs> that uh, sounds good to me. Because I certainly can see and appreciate the argument for not having the view controller do all these things, both, again, from a single responsibility point of view. And just because uh, you're right, you end up with sort of messy delegation between the view controller and the and the coordinator in some fairly somewhat complex conditional logic, right? Right, exactly. And that's what you're trying to get rid of. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you're trying to get, get rid of that, or if not get rid of it, you at least don't want it in a view controller. Yes. Well, yeah, yeah. There's, yeah, there's a cool thing that you can do with storyboards, which is like, if you would normally in a view controller, you would have this, basically this conditional that says like, if idiom is iPad, then do this thing, and it, and then else, you know, in the case that it's the iPhone, do this other thing. Mm -hmm. Pushing that, pushing that decision up to the coordinator is really cool, not only because you get it out of the view controller, but if you push it up to the coordinator, instead of having a conditional in the coordinator, you can actually just completely swap out the coordinator and say, I don't even have an iPhone authentication coordinator. I have an iPad authentication coordinator, which does different stuff. Sure. And so you've actually taken that conditional entirely out of your code, except at the source where you decide, like, is this an iPhone or is this an iPad? And that, to me, is the total dream of, like, not having that conditional in your code at all. Cool. Yeah, that, yeah. Uh, that, that makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Yeah, so that's kind of what I'm after. And to get that... I feel like you have to pull model mutation up into your into your coordinator. Now I'm curious how you guys do it because y'all have y'all have coordinators, but you also have view models. So let's save discussion of view models for for a future episode. Uh, That's probably a good idea. 
Uh, and we can open that episode with an explanation of what we're doing in our app, which I think is the best of several worlds. We avoid uh, having this any sort of model interaction or API interaction in the in our flow coordinators, uh, and we also keep it out of our view controllers. Right. Um, I look forward to hearing about that. I I'm look forward interested. to talking about it. <laughs> I have one last thing, which is a small story, and it is one of those uh, behind the blog. Like I, it's like a story that I've been meaning to share on the blog, but I haven't had a chance yet. Some some delegates, sometimes an object that Apple provides for you has a delegate, and that delegate really naturally suggests its own implementation. So one really good example of this is if you remember back in the day before we had NSURL session, we had NSURL connection and NSURL connection delegate. Mm -hmm. And so what you would do is you would create an object and that object would hold on to an NSURL connection and then it would conform to its delegate, which would have methods like did begin, did get data, did finish getting data, and then like failed with error. And so it's your responsibility to take all that error, uh, that data and append it together in into like one continuous like piece of NS mutable data and then convert that into whatever you expect it to be. And it was a really unwieldy API, but it was at least clear that you had to make a fresh object for it. And everybody did. And they always, everybody made their own and there was... You know, on top of that came AS HTTP request or ASI HTTP request and AF networking and its HTTP request and all that stuff. But that was a cool delegate because it suggested how to use it. And part of when I was trying to figure out how does UI navigation controller delegate work, like let's say I need to know about some action or something that happens to the UI navigation controller. Mm -hmm no one view controller in the flow really has a right to be that delegate. And so sometimes you just say, okay, well, it's the third one because the third one's the one that needs that data. But then if the fourth one takes that away, then the third one can't do its job. And so part of where this idea came from is also like, okay, what if UI navigation controller delegate was an object? Like, what if that was just the thing? And where does that take us? And it was it was that that like kind of led me into the direction of like okay well if we had yeah. this object at the top and now that you have a coordinator you can say well, okay I'm the, I'm in charge of this UI navigation controller I obviously would be its delegate who else would it be and then when you get pieces of data like you know UI navigation controller back button pressed or whatever the delegate method is you can take that data and like do something with it pass it to all your children. Do whatever you like. Best all your child view controllers. Right. Do whatever you like. You have a complete control, and you don't have to worry about who the who the delegate will be because it's very clear who the parent of that UI navigation controller is. Cool. Yeah, that makes yeah. a lot of sense. So this this pattern almost falls naturally out of um, some of Apple's APIs. A little bit. Yeah. It's you kind of have to almost kind of have to squint at it, but I feel like it's I feel like it does kind of naturally make sense when you think about it from that perspective. Or, or at least it solves one problem. <laughs> right. The cool. rest of the problems we'll have to wait for a future episode. Well, that's why we have a podcast. That's right. <laughs> On that note, I don't think I have anything to add here. Cool. Yeah, I think we I think we just about covered it. Ready to uh, button this up? I sure am. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for listening to uh, the, the podcast now known as Fatal Error. <laughs> uh, we will talk to you in two weeks. Sounds good. Talk to you later, Chris. Bye, Suresh.